Hello, it's Thursday the 14th of December. I'm Alex von Tunzelman and I'm formally authorising an impeachment inquiry into myself. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review. Every weekday we follow the trail of breadcrumbs through the dark woods of the British press and try not to get trapped in the Daily Mail's weird gingerbread house. We're out five days a week to news you up real good. Why not help us out by joining the Paper Cuts Supporters Club? Just visit back.papercutsshow.com That's B-A-C-K dot papercutsshow Two S's in the middle dot com to find out how. There's a link in the show notes. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Having a dig at archaeology, Kemi Badnock condemns the Museum of London's 14th century plague project for being woke, gold, frankincense and meh. The Telegraph tells us how the middle classes have ruined Christmas. That's the Telegraph. And up for a bit of gooning... The sun has the sex words we'll be using in the future. (laughs) Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where every day is a fairy tale, as in dark and terrifying and full of horrible monsters. I'm Alex von Tunzelman, and joining me on the show today is Podmasters producer and Big Bad Wolf, Andrew Harrison. Good morning. And also joining me is TV comedy writer and Prince Charming, Jason Hazley. Morning. So what's on the front pages today? Can we tell it's the day after everyone's Christmas parties, oh, Andrew? Boy, can God you on. Well, J- J- Jason and I were at one last night, so we're not going to be at our best today. Well, the, Guardian, <laughs> the Guardian's on theme with a, a, a little earpiece, how to choose the best wine on a budget. Bit early for that for me. But <laughs> the actual news, landmark COP28 deal agreed to transition away from fossil fuels. So COP28 has been a terrible disaster, apparently run purely by oil interests so far. But they have reached a deal of sorts, not to phase out or even phase down fossil fuels, but to transition away from them, whatever that means. It's better than nothing. It's only just a little bit better than nothing. Uh, also, they have universe- They have a strange story where the, the headline appears to sl- somewhat contradict the story. Universities face fines under new free speech guidelines, says the headline. And then Arif Ahmed, the newly appointed director for academic freedom of speech in the Office for Students, a body nobody wants, particularly students, <laughs> says, well, look, if you stay within the law, that's absolutely fine. Don't worry, we're not going to fine you. So, I mean, obviously, campus free speech is a hot topic because the government wants it to be a hot topic. But this story it sort of indicates that perhaps it's not quite as hot as we thought. On the Telegraph, thank God, Britain to build next generation of fighter jets. Oh, so Colonel Button often can breathe a sigh of relief. They also have you know, UK-based project with Japan and Italy aims to create new supersonic aircraft by 2035 by which time Peter Muff conquered us anyway, so it'll all be academic. <laughs> they also have GCHQ's hardest Christmas puzzle, Can You Solve the Spies Teasers? And we, we tried a little bit of this. It is punishingly hard, isn't it? It's incredibly difficult, yeah. I, I tried to do the, can you work out the word from these four clock faces, and I worked out the word, and it was spelled U-I-M-E, so I don't think I'm winning. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it, it, it ain't Wordle. On the Times, now... Brace yourselves. Facebook is now danger to children, parents told. Crime chief raises alarm over encrypted messages. Parents have been warned by the National Crime Agency about allowing children on Facebook after Meta's decision to introduce encrypted messaging raised concerns for their safety. You might as well warn against getting children on penny farthings I mean, or asking really, them to play with wooden tops. I was going to say, what child uses Facebook? You say, would you like to use Facebook? <laughs> they go like... 
bugger off, granddad, <laughs> kind of thing. What are you talking about? You know, the Facebook is boomer Lord yeah. of the Flies. Yeah. There are no children on it, unless it's people pretending to be children for perv, uh, perv reasons. But So I, I think um, I mean, the Times has had a, a long-standing beef with all social media, particularly Facebook. And I think they, uh, I think this one's what the young people call a reach, a bit of a reach. Also, <laughs> huge, huge uh, picture of a, a f- fabulously, enormously pregnant Sienna Miller on the front going, mm. oh check out my bump. Check out my bump. It's from incredible. It's so a heck of a bump. It's a hell of a bump. It's huge. It's Mount Sienna Miller. Get, get, to, get to the peak of that one. And the eye with its uh, its customary news collage. Tax cuts will keep interest rates high. PM warned. Sunak given his strongest hint yet that more tax cuts are likely next year. Mm-hmm. Is there an election on the way? We also have how Stacey Solomon became a national sweetheart. Aww. Something to show you up there. Everybody likes her. And Kate Lister. We are a fan of Kate Lister. Sex and relationships columnist. I'm getting my revenge on obnoxious couples this Christmas by Kate Lister so God knows what that means <laughs> oh scary everyone watch out obnoxious couples um, Jason what have we got on the uh, tabloids right let's get the mirror out of the way front page story justice for my James with a photograph of Denise Fergus the mother of James Bolger who was killed by two young lads in the 90s one of whom has just been denied parole the male has an excuse to put the word trans in 110-point typeface on the front. The trans bullies won't silence me. And this is such a tiny little story about Rachel McLean, the Conservative Party's Deputy Chairman for Women, posting something about an aspiring Green MP who is transgender on social media and labelling them a man who wears a wig and calls himself a proud lesbian causing this to be reported to the police who've said, no, there's nothing to see here. Right, so it's not That's just it. there's nothing That's the whole page of the mail, though. Front page of the mail. But it's because the word trans is on the front yes, page of the mail. Yes, That's it. Course. This is literally just, it's, it's mail nip, isn't it, effectively? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> there's, also, um, there's also, I've quit my job because I can't bear yet another Christmas picking up the slack for working mothers. Is that by Paul Dacre? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, And we're coming back to that, I believe. Yes, Um, yes, we'll go in on that. Meanwhile, on the front page of The Sun, showbiz exclusive, Leo in secret date with Lottie Moss. Now, let's just return to one of our themes here about how The Sun is not reporting anything anymore. So this is is couple are seeing each other. That's it. I I did have a moment of thinking this might be a story, because for a second I thought that was Kate Moss's daughter. I made exactly the same And given that Leo used to date Kate Moss, I thought actually that is crikey, that's a bit of a story. It isn't her daughter, it's her half-sister. So I I calmed down a bit. It's not a story. Is he getting the set? If he ticks them all off, does he get them and put them on the mantelpiece? (laughs) Maybe. I mean, who knows? Mm. Um, She's 25, he's 49. Yeah, but that's so, his way, isn't it? He's I know. Yeah, yes, he's got he's got form for this, hasn't he? Afraid so. Um, and the Daily Star. Hello, Daily Star. Um, can I just say, by the way, if anybody from the Daily Star is listening, can we please come to your office and have a walk <laughs> around? Because you know how you know, like sometimes, like if you hear the Beatles doing "Twist and Shout" or if you watch. Better Call Saul, you can tell everyone involved in this endeavour is really enjoying themselves. Yeah. And it's the same thing with the Daily Star. They're having such a lovely time. Would, they, would this be like, you know, um, when, when children are invited to go to Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory yeah. and see, uh, see the wonder as it is created? <laughs> it's the star. Welcome to the newsroom of the Daily Star. I'm going to get inflated and turn into a blueberry, aren't I? That's what's going to happen. <laughs> so the star, yes, has... Yes, we know about the yellow stuff, but boffs... Because boffins have now been abbreviated. Boffs now warn flakes are full of bugs and viruses, and it screams, don't eat the white snow. 
it can contain tiny particles of rock, which I think is how snow forms anyway. It has to it has to yeah. form around something, doesn't it? It so, nucleates. Something. Oh, is that oh, right? Yeah. Oh, That's good. a word for the your word good. Yeah. Good one for you verb fans. Um, and uh, But it can also contain microbes and viruses, say okay. boffs. But why is the star saying snowflakes are frightened of viruses and won't see white snow? That's what I would say. Get the whole, you know. Because the star's actually not like that. It's, it's not anti-woke. It isn't. It isn't. Which we speak about. God bless the star. We love them. Now, the question of what you can and can't say in academia has been in the spotlight in the US recently, and evidently the British government is keen to get in on that act. Equalities Minister Kemi Badenoch condemned a study by the Museum of London which looked at whether people in the 14th century were more likely to die of the plague if they were of African or Asian ethnicity. Her fellow MP Philip Hollobone described this as woke archaeology. Jason, what is woke archaeology? Woke archaeology is another non-story, I'm afraid. <laughs> this was going on here. This was a tiny study done by the Museum of London into 145 sets of human remains to see whether people who were from ethnic minorities were more likely to die from the plague. But this is not a story. It was mentioned by Philip Hollobone, who is a Tory backbencher who's known for not liking equality. And he raised it in the House of Commons. Kemi Badnock uh, responded to it. Again, I'm afraid this is just an excuse to put the word woke in here. So here's from the piece. A new front has emerged in the culture wars. No, it hasn't. Uh, <laughs> Badnock said research into 14th century London risked damaging trust in modern health services. No, it hasn't. In the Commons, Badnock said the study apparently was based on phrenology. No, it absolutely it, fucking no, it wasn't. wasn't. At all. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely not. It's it's just balls. It's such a lot of balls. It's really interesting. I think what this actually tells us much more about Badenoch than it does about any of this research. That's true. Hollowbone asked her to ensure that, that such sensationalist research findings and woke archaeology have no impact on all current health and pandemic policy. And she replies, I do agree. I'm not even sure whether we can call it just sensationalist or woke. It's like they're playing a word game. You know, like, like you're on Radio 4. Can you speak for three <laughs> minutes and not say this word? This is, can you say one sentence and get woke into it? Yeah. But the fact that she's willing to say things, like, to introduce things like phrenology... Absolutely untrue. I think that's a very strong indicator of the kind of person she is. She will tell untruths in the Commons and in the parliamentary environment if she thinks it advances her political position. She's done really troubling things in the past. The time a journalist sent inquiries to her office, legitimate news inquiries, Bathenock stood up in the Commons and used parliamentary privilege to accuse the journalist of harassing and hounding her. The journalist was doing her job. Kemi Badenoch is a nasty piece of work and you need to keep an eye on this one for the future. She's going to be a dangerous part of our future. She's irresponsible. She's willing to say things that are untrue to advance her political position. But, I mean, this does seem to contradict that other story that you mentioned on the front page of The Guardian because this isn't the only question of free speech swirling around academia no. today, is it? And, you know, a sort of total contradiction really in that you've got on one hand you've got ministers trying to intervene and say museums educational institutions can't say certain things on the other hand they're saying oh we care deeply about free speech at universities mm. and they've established this thing the office for students what's happening there what's going on in this story well in that particular case the uh, an office for students has been established which is seems to be 
purely for the titillation of the conservative press and the conservative right. Students themselves are not asking for this at all. <laughs> Certainly um, not. To the embarrassment of the Conservative Party, Arif Ahmed, who's just been appointed Director for Academic Freedom of Speech, um, is not giving the answers that they would like. There's been discussion about the use, particularly on the on the, the Palestine process, the use of phrases like global intifada or from the ribbit of the sea. These are contentious phrases. But uh, Ahmed has said, I'd be reluctant to say any particular phrase is always going to be acceptable or always not, because with many of these things, it's going to depend on a variety of factors. I'm definitely not going to say, oh, you can always say something or you can never say something for that reason. And to me, that's like, yeah, perfectly reasonable. reasonable. (laughs) If you can stay within the law, then we don't actually need an office of students or a free speech czar or a free speech police or, you know, a government minister jumping in to say we need free speech on this thing, but not not that thing. We have adequate law. Now, there is a separate and a related uh, issue of intimidation in terms of the weight and the size and the volume and the nature of protests, which, you know, certainly made Jewish students on campus feel uncomfortable. There is also instances of of Islamophobia in wider society. But these things are covered under the law. We do not need to create another brand new institution here unless you're interested in getting headlines on Daily Mail. (laughs) I mean, Jason, apparently we're hearing that one of the OFS's first tasks will be to draw up a list of student unions in England that it will oversee and issuing guidance to them about their duties under the law and all of this. Um, Is is that reassuring to you on a free speech front, drawing up lists of student unions and telling them what to do? Drawing up lists is on page one of the Things We Don't Like book, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's okay when Santa is doing it. Yes. Yes. Particularly this time of year. But other lists, yeah. Do we want the government making a list of who's naughty and nice? No, we don't want the government making a list of who's naughty and who's nice. uh, This is all ideology, isn't it? This is all just ideology. uh, It is effectively grabbing an issue and turning it into a bigger issue when it really wasn't much of an issue in the first place. The free speech on campus things is it's an interesting area, but it's kind of it's only skewing in one direction where, where the free speech goes, isn't it? It's a little like weirdo Elon Musk's attitude to free speech, which is that you can come here and say the most objectionable things and that's fine. If you look at it in, in kind of in concert with things like the protest laws, it, it's becoming eff- effectively the case that the government would like to illegalise you if you disagree with them mm. is yes. where we're going for this. We're, we're trying to outlaw disagreement. Yeah. yeah. But, and also it's very, you know, it is very redolent of a decaying government. Yes. This is a government that's run out of road, run out of ideas, run out of talent, run out of everything you need to run a government. And so all it can do is just throw this chaff in the air and just like, run around shouting woke, trans, trans, woke, free speech and all the buzzwords. Don't look at the economy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Now, The Telegraph has gone in big today on how the middle classes ruined Christmas. (laughs) Yes, they're turning on their own. Andrew, what have the middle classes done now? Well, this is actually, I thought it was quite a good piece, this. Christmas just isn't the same anymore. (laughs) And Michael Bublé is to blame, writes Guy Kelly. Simple traditions have been replaced with absurd advent calendars and dog outfits. It's a travesty. It's a listicle, and I do love a listicle. Love a listicle. Um, Amongst the things that Guy Kelly uh, thinks are absolutely terrible. Uh, Michael Bublé and other classics, absolutely right. I think we can all agree on that. I mean, we're all on that page, yeah. yeah. Fake German winter markets in Britain. They're new and therefore bad. Yeah? Also, also... Right. German. German, yeah. German, well, yes, Germans. German, right. Yes, I um, feel like that. Saying St. Nicholas was from Turkey, actually. I kind of agree with that. You know, it's like, people go, oh, did you realise St. George is actually from Turkey? Uh, St. Nicholas is from Turkey. <laughs> is it yeah, all right, like, fine. Yeah, Frankenstein's the creator, not so, the monster. I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Panatoni, are you a cake or a bread, pal? While you make your mind up, I'll be over here buying another chocolate Yule log. Instead, this guy's starting a fight with Panatoni, which is also European. Yeah. Oh, uh, Christmas flavoured food products. Christmas is not a flavour, I'm afraid to inform you. Usually it just means immense quantities of nutmeg and or orange, or else it's the same product as it normally is, only in a red and white wrapper. So basically... Oh, oh, he's so cross! This piece is giving off um, strong and nervous breakdown vibes. Strong, <laughs> I can't take it anymore vibes. Strong, I'm mad as hell and I've got a page and a half to fill. Jason, you, uh, you, you didn't like this piece quite as much as I did, did you? No, I think this has also got strong, we've got two pages to fill vibes. Um, <laughs> what's going on here. There are some extraordinarily trivial things in here. Um, he objects to dogs in Christmas outfits. I mean, uh, who doesn't what? love a dog in a Christmas outfit? Well, Me. it's a dog apart from anything oh, else. Who fucking objects to a dog, for God's <laughs> yeah. sake? What's the they've got you? a picture of one, it's very sweet. Yes, yes it is. Oh, luxury crackers, he doesn't like. Oh no, I only like nasty crackers. Um, which the is Telegraph a- would never touch a, a Tesco bargain cracker with a <laughs> pair of tongs. No, it fucking wouldn't. And they, also- the crackers the Telegraph like have all got... Patek Philippe watches inside. <laughs> the kind of bloody crackers these guys want. Again, they are eating their own here. I consider a luxury cracker to be one where it's like it hasn't got that fish that tells you your oh, fortune. Oh, I like that it. fish, though. Like, yeah, but we've all, we've all done it. We've we? done it. Anything a little bit better than that is yeah. a luxury cracker. Well, anything that doesn't contain a load of fucking landfill is nice, isn't yeah. it? I mean, that's, um, matching festive pyjama sets. To, uh, 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 and Guy, Guy Kelly's comment under this is Hello, is that social services? Yes, sorry to call on Christmas morning But I'd like to report a cult <laughs> I agree, I totally agree Also, matching pyjamas, Christmas or any other time No, under any circumstances maybe, maybe funny? Not funny? No Not, not witty, not ironic? Who wants to be? It's in the, you're in the dark. He wants to, nobody can see you. Being <laughs> ironic under the duvet. God. The great annual garden centre takeover. He's got a problem with garden centres. Oh, he just doesn't like well. anything. He's, He's got a problem go with garden. obscure carols. Oh, we're doing Hodier Christus Natus Est. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, nice to see a bit of Latin in the Telegraph. Of I, I just think it's good that the Telegraph is representing those of us who find Christmas a bit of a grind. <laughs> I think it's grinchy a bit as of a grind. It's very grinchy. <laughs> Under Elf on a Shelf, he just writes, no, 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 no. There's no limits. Is Guy Kelly OK? <laughs> is, well, is Guy Kelly OK? There's two big questions here. That's one, to which the answer is, look at the last thing on his list. And the last thing on his list is, Chris, uh, cynical articles that need to lighten up. <laughs> Fair enough. Merry Christmas, he signs off. So he's effectively, this is the journalistic equivalent of a bomb belt. He's just put his article around his waist and blown it up. This is, he's just put on his out of office and thrown himself face first into the gin now, hasn't he? Yeah. This fella. So that's question one. Is Guy Kelly okay? Question two is, why is the Telegraph having a dig at middle-class things. I mean, it does, does the, te- seem... the Telegraph, has it, has, it, does it, has it lost all its self-awareness as a newspaper? Does it understand who its readership is? And here we go, absolutely shooting themselves in the foot. Mm. And then, yes, this last line that just sort of says, don't read our paper, it's full of nonsense. <laughs> I, mean... I, I quite liked it. I, I thought it, it, it showed an admirable self-awareness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stick Michael Bublé on now. We can, listen, we can, we're, we're all united on the Bublé thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's he, fair. Yes, here's to Bublé. <laughs> <laughs> At Paper Cuts, we revere the majesty of the headline. What do we have in the papers today, Andrew? 
Well, I've got the sun here. It is a force for evil in the universe, but they're very good at the headline game. Um, here's an incredible story. Mobility scooter attack. Man run down after somebody buys last pasty in the shop. A raging pensioner mowed down a man with his mobility scooter in a bizarre bus stop over buying the last pasty from a bakery. And the headline is Cornish Nasty. Oh, I think that is, that's, that's not, actually pretty good. That's not just a headline. That's a pitch for an entire movie. I would have watched that. <laughs> it would be like Speed, except with a mobility scooter and the MacGuffin would be the pasty. My oh God, I love it. Um, and also, so, so we rarely go onto the sports page. We should do it more often. Sun Sport. Uh, it looks like uh, Graham Potter is being lined up to replace Eric Ten Hag at Manchester United. Obviously, I feel absolutely terrible about how badly Manchester United are doing. It's breaking my heart. <laughs> um, Ratcliffe lines up Graham to replace Eric, and the headline is Pot the Red. <laughs> do you see Pot with a double T? There's two the sports red. in that headline. Absolutely, it's a it's a it's a sporty pinata of, uh, of fun. <laughs> so, Jason, what have you got for us? I've got the star. As ever. Um, First one is on page three. Hilary Duff Mm. is pregnant for the fourth time. Oh, congratulations. Or at least with her her fourth child. And the headline that the star have chosen is Hilary Up Duff. Duh. Now, this is, the thing is, they could have already run this three times. Yes. I bet they have, they? actually. And if she goes for another child, they could run it a fifth time. Yeah, this is carry on, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody called Duff getting pregnant, who we've heard of, there you go. That's what's going to happen. Page 18 of The Star. Legends such as David Bowie would not even get a look in in today's super competitive music industry, says disco icon Nile Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> Under the headline, Ziggy Starbust. Oh, that right. Could, that could be a multiple-use headline, given the star's could, approach to so page three. so much you could do with that, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, keep that, that one in the back that, pocket yeah, as well. Like, like Hilary Upduff, that we're, yeah. we're seeing that one yeah, again. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Yeah. And on page 10 of the star, there is a photo of Paul Chuckle eating a kebab. <laughs> of the Chuckle Brothers. Yes, of the Chuckle Brothers. Not the other Paul Chuckle. No, not the other <laughs> Paul Chuckle. Paul Chuckle of Chuckle Brother fame, tucking into a kebab after a tough day of pirating in Panto Peter Pan. God, I nearly didn't get through that sentence. <laughs> These mic shields are good, aren't they? Yeah. And the headline is... To meet to you. Hey. That's a classic example of, like, this is a non-story, but it gives an example to use this headline that we've wanted to use forever. <laughs> I, they must have, like, banks of them, which they've got Definitely. ready to use. Yeah. yeah, sure. And finally, we're going to go to the Telegraph. We don't usually go here for headlines, but this is just a fun one. I urge readers to try and fill in the blank here. Tesco recalls veggie stuffing mix over blank. And the answer is moths. 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 Tesco recalls veggie stuffing mix over moths. Over moths. To be fair, if it's got moths in it, it's not vegetarian. No, that's true. So they have to. Also, this sounds like one of the questions in the GCHQ Christmas quiz. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it reads like it does. It sounds like a crossword clue, doesn't it? It's impossible. There's something that the GCHQ guy would sidle up to you on a park bench and say. Tesco recalls veggie stuffing mix over moths. He's like, oh, Jesus, I've got to go and assassinate the Bulgarian yeah. cultural attache now. <laughs> I make that the star for the sun too. So it's victory to the star today. Yeah. Absolutely. And one for the Telegraph. Oh, well, you know, good for them. Yeah. Try us. Runners up. I'm David Baddiel. I'm a writer and a comedian and a Jew. I'm Saeed Avasi. I'm a businesswoman and a politician and a Muslim. Jews and Muslims always seem to be in the news or on the news. Most people talk about us and this is us talking about ourselves. The kind of things that people say don't touch, yeah. we are going to go there. 
I mean, I think Jews and Muslims are talking about these things, but I think they're not talking about them together because they're worried that if they do, sparks might fly. A Muslim and a Jew go there. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Papercuts, we take a deep breath and plunge into the middle pages of the features sections. What will they be making us feel inadequate about today? Let's, <laughs> let's start with The Sun, where their resident sexpert is giving us Google's sex words of the future. Andrew, what are our future sex words? Yes, Sun's sexpert, George Cully, uh, says that Google reckons they can predict how we will be having sex in 2024. Analysis of 160 million searches revealed the growth and decline of more than 100 kinky words over the past five years. And this just, like, I swear to God, they're making this up. Gooning, achieving prolonged arousal through sensory overload and hypnosis was top of the list. I've never heard of this, but I am 56 years old. We have fallen out of love with dogging, spanking and foreplay. I don't know about you, totally fallen out of love with dogging. (laughs) First traps and thruples are in. Again, barely know what they are. The data shows a shift in sexual preferences and behaviours, largely influenced by Instagram and TikTok and changing generational views. I can paraphrase this as the young people are disgusting. So Gooning <laughs> is up 778%. Don't know what it is. Femboy, a popular Gen Z slang word for a young male who displays traditionally feminine characteristics. Or in the old days, Brett from Suede, for instance. So we, we, heroes. Uh, that's up 504%. Thruple is up 230%. And then we see what's going down. Ho, ho. Oh. Do you see what they did there? Um, cottaging is down 70%. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Oh, no, it isn't. Sorry about that, Britain. The word. <laughs> I I mean, that sounds like a good thing to me. The idea of having to hang around in public toilets to get sex is fairly sordid, isn't it? Also going down, uh, sploshing. Popularised on TikTok. Sorry. I can't explain to you. Sploshing. Popularised on TikTok, this food kink derives from people getting pleasure from the feeling of having food applied to their naked skin, a.k.a. anybody trying to feed a toddler. So sploshing. Sploshing is down 54%. This is good news for Aldi, who have got a huge food advert right next to this story. Uh, <laughs> you can get a whole turkey for uh, and um, trimmings for £28.70 and then make you throw it all over each other in an erotic frenzy. Do not splosh your turkey. Now, that's how the middle classes yeah. will ruin Christmas. So, they will, yeah, by getting covered in stuffing and, you know, corn. Cyber sex is down 48%. <laughs> Zorgies, Zoom sex orgies were all the rage in lockdown. Were they? What? Were they? Were they? Were they? They they weren't. weren't. They bloody weren't. Dogging is down 34%, probably to do with all the traffic jams and probably (laughs) to do with ULEs. It's because it's cold this time of year. Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. And um, micro penis is down 44%, so it's not all bad news. um, (laughs) What are you Oh, micro penis. (laughs) Sorry, micro penis, did you say? Micro penis. Micro penis. Right, okay. <laughs> we said um, it repeatedly now on the show. Oh my god, there's a photo of sploshing here. Oh well, I dear. I wasn't expecting that. It's not as rude as you think. Um, no, it's just I mean, you've got a bit of bean juice on your chin. <laughs> 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 yep. Uh, or nut custard or whatever. Um, <laughs> Jason, what are your favourite sex words? Listen, if you if I had to if I ask Google to predict what sex words I'll be using in 2024, which is three weeks away, by the way, it's not <laughs> much of a fucking prediction, is it? And I think it would be words like again or you know <laughs> headache or when bad uh, back. <laughs> yeah, deep heat. Can we like just that. have a cuddle? Yeah, oh, micro penis. <laughs> I mean. I'm quite intrigued by that. Well, you know, micro penis going down, et cetera, et cetera. But um, sure, one imagines micro penises themselves 
uh, are still <laughs> existing at the same level. Why would just no one so, wants to know you? about just them. not so hot anymore. Just not They're so not hot right now. No, no. Some women have sorry, f- bad news if you have one. Some women have a fetish for men whose member is smaller than average, often less than two point eight inches when erect, to be exact. All the male listeners are thinking, oh, God. <laughs> How big is that? Is it also, also 50 p is on top of each other? Oh, God. So the average has not been uh, established. The average has not been measured since um, metrification then, clearly. <laughs> uh, well, this is a Brexit bonus. They could be... <laughs> Or a well, Brexit boner. <laughs> yes, oh, oh, back babe. to imperial measurements for the little chap. Here's one that did catch my eye. O-W-O, an emoticon representing a surprised or curious facial expression. Think of the O's as big eyes and the W as a mouth. It is often used while sexting to express desire. Well, is it? Is it? <laughs> Clearly uh, none of us have been sexting. I'm expert, Georgia. What's your name? Is it really? Mm. Um, and shibari, this is a nice one. This is a form of Japanese rope bondage that involves intricate and beautiful patterns created with ropes on a person's body. It is seen as an art form and often staged at sex parties by performers. So this is one where this is one you've got to get. You've got to first of all, you've got to go to a sex party, which means being invited to a sex party. Secondly, they've got to be I don't performers. Get to any parties? Well, right no, sex. exactly. <laughs> secondly, secondly, there have to be performers there, and thirdly, they have to be versed in an art of Japanese rope bondage. So we're obviously hanging around with the wrong people. How this has gone up sixty-two percent, I do not know. I'm, I'm just picturing the Sun Reader going, "Hey, Doris, yeah, we've got new rope." <laughs> anyway, get, cut the washing line down. I got an idea. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, let's yes. turn to the Daily Mail's notorious oh, female section, um, known as "We Hate Women." The section is entirely dedicated to women who hate women. Today. We're hating single mothers, working mothers, women who are mothers, and women who aren't mothers. What's going on here, Jason? Do you want the short or the long version? Because the short version is someone's promoting their book. Okay. <laughs> um, Rosie Green, who has a book coming out um, called How to Heal a Broken Heart, Aww. is talking about what a terrible time she has had dating men because she's a mum. Um, now, to be fair to her, the men don't come out of this very well. But... That's not the point. Uh, The point is that she is kind of not on the side of any woman wanting to date, effectively, who is a parent. Right. She's got this advice from Candice Bushnell, uh, the creator of Sex and the City, who they describe as a dating sage, but also mention is unattached and has never had children. There's some astonishing stuff in this. Shall we read some of it? Oh, yes, Um, please. My ego had been hammered by my marriage breakup at the age of 45, says Rosie here, pictured twice in nice dresses and having three pages in the the Daily Mail. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible hammering. After my profile went live, the likes and messages came in thick and fast, a salve to my crushed self-esteem. And in among the chances were a few guys with potential. One, who went on to become a boyfriend, told me he was wary of meeting up as he thought my custody arrangements would mean there wouldn't be enough time for him. Sounds like a wanker. Yeah, Yeah. he became a boyfriend? Somebody else's boyfriend. Yes. (laughs) Yes, why did he become a boyfriend? Good grief. I hid things from him and I presented myself as a carefree girlfriend with no baggage. I knew that's what he wanted. I stayed over at his house and on my request he didn't ever come to mine and when I was there it felt as if I was living in an alternative world, one where she didn't have children. 
is mm. what she's describing. I mean, it's fairly disturbing, this piece. The whole of female is fairly disturbing today. So, Andrew, after we've learnt that, you know, women who are mothers should not date, you turn the page and there's yet more problems with mothers. Women who are mothers are shit, it says here. Yeah, yeah they're shit too. Uh, why, as a childless woman, I've quit my job because I can't bear yet another Christmas picking up the slack for working mums, oh. says Samantha Walsh. She was sitting on a stool in a very expensive outfit. She moans, I've worked, blah, blah. I work flat out in the high-end beauty store I manage. As anyone who's worked in a shop in December will know it's very hard, but there's a reason why it's been particularly unrelenting for me. I don't have children. And there is an expectation that women like me will pick up the slack so that mums will have time off with their families. How fucking dare they have time <laughs> off with their families? A third of my team were mums. And as much as it pains me to say it, it doesn't pain you. You love saying it. Mums can be unreliable. When their mm-hmm. child is ill, they get to take parental leave. That's the law. But I'm the one who has to cover their work. And there are times it's hard to be around them when this is happening repeatedly. Well, look, I don't have kids and I've got mums who work with me and it's just, you know, perhaps the whole perpetuation of the human race thing might come into play here. Someone's got to pay a pension, love. Yeah, I mean... And interestingly, Jason spotted that the poll quote says, it pains me to say, but staff with kids can be unreliable. But what she actually says is, mums can be unreliable. So yes, it's and not... the words staff and mums are about the same length, aren't they? So that's yeah, not one of those yeah, substitutes I, you know, where they just need to tighten fact, it up. Mums is shorter. You can, is, you I'm can looking very closely at this. It looks, like the, it looks like the word staff is in slightly different kind of kerning. It looks like it might have been inserted over the top. Mm. But still, in the substance has gone, Jesus Christ, come on. <laughs> Tone this down this a is, bit. This is female. Even for us. This is the female (laughs) section. She says, I've worked every Boxing Day for 20 years. Well... You know, lots of people work Boxing Day. And you've decided to run a business a, owning a clothes shop. Yeah, yeah. You, you work in Jigsaw or something, clearly, in Maidstone. My mum and dad <laughs> had to work uh, Christmas Eve till 7 or 8 o'clock every year and would come home collapsed and knackered. It's just the job that you're in. Try yeah. being a junior doctor, love. And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Andrew Harrison. Thank you very much. Thanks to Jason Hazley. Thank you. If you'd like to get Paper Cuts ad-free and with a special extra bit every day, why not join our supporters club? Follow the show notes to back.papercutshow.com to find out more. And our backers get a special shout-out on the show, so listen up, new supporters. Jason? You're the angel on top of our Christmas tree, Maura Ramage. You're the bacon around our pork sausage, John Armstrong. You're the stuffing in our turkey, Mark Adamson. (laughs) And can I just say hello to George, who came up to me at a thing last night and told me how much he likes paper cuts. Hello, George. Big up, George. Cheers, George. I've been Alex von Tanzelman and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when the sun tells us the Royal Mint will be issuing three new 50 pence coins featuring a T-Rex, a Stegosaurus and a Triceratops. And of course, another dinosaur on the back, His Majesty King. Charles III. See you tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Paper Cuts was written and presented by Alex von Tunzelman with Jason Hazley and Andrew Harrison. The assistant producer is Adam Wright and the audio producer is me, Jade Bailey. Music is by Simon Williams, socials by Jess Harpin, design by Jim Parrott and original art by Modern Toss. The executive producer is Martin Boytosh, managing editor is Jacob Jarvis and group editor is Andrew Harrison. Papercuts is a Podmasters production. 